but it was in like a foresty woody area and you needed to use the loo and uh, we both we both were like running to this thing and then they called like they called the shooting and then we hid in the bushes <laughs> ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films tv shows and theater productions you watch well crew chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions i'm Poonam and i usually work in the costume department whenever i tell people what i do they're always fascinated so i thought wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love this episode i am joined by three friends jenny carvel wood beth sparks and bobby edwards all who currently work in the film industry Jenny began her career as a dancer studying at the South East Theatre School. She's had a career dancing all over the UK in musical theatre shows until hanging up her shoes in her early 30s. This is when she became a personal dresser in West End Theatre. After 10 years of theatre dressing, she became a personal standby to a leading actress in film and television. Beth studied costume performance design at Arts University Bournemouth. She started her costume career as a trainee on the BBC's New Tricks and has worked as a standby and she now works in the industry as a costume coordinator. Bobby has also studied costume and performance design at Arts University Bournemouth. She started her career as a trainee and has worked as a standby, working as a coordinator and supervising, and now works full-time as an assistant designer, most recently working on Good Omens and Peaky Blinders. Hi! Hello! (laughs) So we all met on Victoria and Abdul. Um, It was my first time being a standby. Um, Beth, you were wardrobe mistress. Um, Bobby, you were coordinator, right? And a personal dresser so those were our roles at the time if you guys could just talk about your roles on that job just because sometimes people listening won't know what they were so um bobby we'll start with you okay uh so i was coordinating which is kind of like a an assistant to the supervisor so it's logistics and it's kind of managing the crew managing filming days coming up what's needed what you need to kind of plan ahead for it's also a lot to do with the budget and kind of helping the supervisor kind of manage that side of things um, and make sure everybody is not out of control. <laughs> much easier, I think, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Beth, your wardrobe mistress. It's not an obvious sort of, um, kind of don't know what it is based on the title. So if you tell us a bit about what you did. Um, so I was based on the principal truck and... Um, it was basically basically a glorified laundry person, but like turning, <laughs> costumes, turning costumes around and like making sure that continuity costumes are ready, lined up for the next day and just running the truck, really tidying up after the assistants and the designer. And saving other people's bacon yeah, by doing their sewing. Yeah, I was going <laughs> It's a lot more than that. Also, you kind of do keep everyone um, happy, I think. Well, I remember being on that truck and you sort of keep everyone's um, moods quite well. Like it was a, it's like, a, it like is. a saving grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jenny, you were a personal dresser. So um, how, what does that involve exactly? Because we, the role of dressing. Role of uh, dressing. But, <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, I take personal dressing slightly different on a different level to normal personal dressing standbys I think because I kind of do more PA work as well um but for this particular job it was like being thrown into fire because it was my first ever time on a film set so um luckily to you Beth and Bobby who and and the other guys who kind of helped um guide me on my way really but yeah but personal dressing obviously means you look after the one person and you know I'm you know you're there for everything from costume changing to 
food, drink, you know, whatever they need, you make them happy. So just in terms of dressing, because your experience um, from, comes from theatre of dressing, how does that differ? How did you find that differed? Because you had 10 years experience <clears throat> in theatre, didn't you? Yeah, theatre dif- dressing is so different because everything obviously is live. So um, you can't stop and go back uh, there's an audience out there so if something goes wrong with the costume you literally just have to fix it there and then on the spot and if there's no time you just throw them back on stage with whatever you can <laughs> sort of put together um, so it's a completely different sort of way of, of working but in the same time you kind of get really close to your um, artist um, or your you know your dancers or whoever you're looking after because you become like a family um, because you're generally there and with them for, I don't know, three months to a year, depending on what show you're on or what play you're on. Um, so you get and you're working with them six days a week. So you really get to know someone inside out and back to front. Um, so and for me, obviously, that's how I then did the transfer into film, because, you know, whoever I'm looking after, who then takes me with them, I obviously know them in a different way to how I would do if I just come onto a film set and met an actor for the first time. Because yeah. I already know who I look after, therefore I know what they need and what they, you know, and what they, what they want. Bobby, you're currently an assistant designer. That's been your thing for the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And how have you found that? And what does that job role involve for you? Um, so it involves kind of being a second brain to the costume designer. Um, so it's kind of your your head is with the set, but you're also constantly prepping ahead. Uh, for the filming so that nothing kind of gets missed so I'd have a full prep time with the designer running up to start filming um, which would consist of sourcing all the costumes organizing makes with uh, either outsourced makers or in-house kind of traveling around finding vintage pieces then see once you start getting casting or your fitting start um, and it starts snowballing probably a couple of weeks out to to filming Um, and then you're just running around trying to keep everything <laughs> on track uh, but it's a it's a very very fun job and it's a very creative job and it is just basically hand in hand with the designer um, trying to make their vision come to life and you know if they can't make fittings you cover fittings for them and um, yes yeah, it's a very it's a, it's a really fun job. How do you find how did you find going from coordinating um, or like supervising to then um, the assistant designing role do you um do you miss some of those elements or uh, obviously naturally you're going to take those skills over to, with you into the assistant designing world how have you found the difference and what things do you think have sort of um, changed your experience or enhanced experience of you becoming an assistant designer or it, being an assistant designer sorry it did um I mean coming from I, I came up through standby and then yeah, supervising, coordinating, all those elements kind of lend themselves to then assisting. So it's kind of having the kind of brain capacity to just juggle and trying to keep logistics, um, kind of the practical and potential, uh, putting out fires and keeping things on track is all kind of what those jobs lend themselves to. And it's, mm. I don't really miss uh, supervising coordinate only because it was very much office based which is I'm not a natural but um, but that kind of side of kind of the, the whole working ahead element but now with the creative 
as well is is my happy place it gives you the buzz yes it does and you get to kind of be out and about a bit more and working with other departments and you're you know you're kind of it yeah you're kind of covering more ground which is a lot of fun and it's um you know just seeing just it is a lot of work but seeing it all kind of come together together. and you do get to see it on camera is is the best feeling satisfying isn't it yes it is very satisfying um Beth likewise you came up as a standby and then um, obviously you did we were wardrobe mistress on V&A and now you're in the coordinating world how have you found that when we went to uni we were sort of we were sort of told this is your natural path like you start as a trainee and then you become a standby and then eventually you become a supervisor so I had it in my head that I had to do my time as a standby and then I was offered a coordinating job and I just think that it's exactly it's like I found my niche in costume it's exactly suits my um like style of working um much better than being on set what didn't you like about being a standby um I realized afterwards well I'm not very sociable and not in a mean way (laughs) but I find I find it quite exhausting talking to people all day Mm, and on set on set you do have to because they're such long days you do have to be friendly just to make the hours pass (laughs) yes it is true yeah no it is true so because like we've mentioned standby um just what like that if because I think we've all done a degree of it so if I don't know who wants to answer but what does that actually involve because outline what a standby does because I think it'll put into context a bit more what we're saying essentially you are like the the department's eyes on set like you are responsible for what ends up on camera and you you know, you're, you're maintaining continuity, you're, you're making sure the changes go to plan, you're making sure what how the designer wants those characters represented comes across on camera, and you are kind of there to fight the little battles on behalf of everybody when it comes to an onset. It is a really tough job, and you are on the go from beginning till end. Um, but it is all, it, I, I mean, I, I don't miss it, but I, did, I do have really good memories of, of standby, you know. I I think it's I mean I think I mean speaking on behalf of other people you know I think it's a really hard job I think I get away likely because I look after one person but the majority of standbys out there you know are working and looking after x amount of people and have to do that job to everybody and it you know I think it's it is it's it's really hard especially like you said if there's stunts or rain included or (laughs) yeah and you've got to go back to dry clothes into wet clothes dry clothes you know it's it's there's a hell and the amount of stuff that you have to carry around with you just in case yeah because you're carrying sometimes parts of the costumes you're carrying your own kit and then you're carrying yeah. actor stuff that you're looking after as well so are essentially a you know to a degree babysitting cast as well there's different if you're, yeah. if you're personal you are very much you've got a relationship with that person but I think one of my worst moments was like looking after 12 actors on my own in a Moroccan oh. theatre where everybody just wants to take their costumes off. <laughs> You're trying to like be everyone's friend but also tell them. Trying to keep it, you know, actors can have an absolute, their own idea of what they want to do and how they want to look. And yeah, and they can, put their, they can put their clothes down in different places and not tell you where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did you put that one off ring? That was really valuable in continuity. I don't ask, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lost it. It's fine. Just get another one, it's fine. Yeah, brilliant. Um, 
it is pretty grueling and the hours are quite grueling as well like you, you could be yeah. on set for 12 like it's not a case you could be on set for maybe 11 hours but you're there before and you're there after yeah and then that's that. not including your travel either these kind of um job roles don't aren't really appreciated because they think oh yeah someone's just got a cost- nice costume on or um and you're like oh, well there's actually x amount of man hours and time and sort of a little bit of stress that has gone into that yeah. person being there in the right place at the right time wearing the right thing and it's um kind of an amazing achievement and you look at when I, at least now I think after VNA at least I've had a really different or a new appreciation for the things when I watch them. I'm like yeah oh, you realize the effort that's gone in behind it yeah you do like I, I prior to that obviously I was working I and I still do work sort of making prop and jewelry things and I kind of didn't really appreciate the the job role of a standby or pe- or generally the teams on set mm-hmm. and now I do have a sort of different um appreciation for them because it is a it's a really hard task and it's actually the final leg of it as well it's the bit that you actually end up seeing it's the bit after all the run-up to the making the buying the sourcing the kind of logistics of it all it's the it's the bit at the end and it's like the icing on the cake as it were um at least that's the moments you feel most proud of and has the most amount of work leading into it is like the shortest amount of time on screen yes (laughs) oh (laughs) so true (laughs) it's still worth it it's just it's just funny how what what goes in behind everything that you end up seeing on screen if you don't realize yeah it's true. oh I find funny as well when you watch something now and you kind of go oh yeah I'm hiding underneath that desk while they film that because something's <laughs> got to be taken or so there was I'm no time to get out <laughs> so I, I, it's funny because I um Victorian Abdul's on Netflix and I was recently I watched it for the first time after watching it on the screening and Jenny I don't know if you remember there was one scene and I can't remember what the location was but it was in like a foresty woody area and you needed to use the loo and um, <laughs> we both we both were like running to this thing and then they called like they called shooting and then we hid in the bushes <laughs> I do remember yeah because we had nowhere to go we had to just wait <laughs> and I remember I was watching and I was like oh yeah that's me and Jenny hiding behind that tree and <laughs> you just you don't really um again you just don't think about when you're watching something but talking of the long hours and sort of the different people you meet um I found at least that you end up becoming like a family you come very close very quickly and I hadn't met I don't think I'd met any of you before bar one person um before I started that job and actually we all became really good friends on the job I think especially more for VNA because we all pretty much it was we were on location the whole time so we were pretty much all living with each other yeah what I mean so I think I think it was much more of a way to bond than had we all gone home every night if we were just doing in a in a film studio yeah that's true but it uh, how how difficult is it being so for example a lot of us probably um when you're shooting and stuff are away from loved ones or family and friends how do we mitigate that kind of the long hours and being away from people to then kind of coming back into reality I think you're so so tired at the end of the day <laughs> you hit the pillow and you don't think about anything else. I think when I when I first started I like out of uni I threw myself in hell for leather working because I just was so excited to like get going and be in the industry and it was I it took me until I'd say about two or three years ago that I realized how I was just not disconnecting myself from my role but you know when you were working away and if you are working away with friends you end up dropping other certain parts of your life and I have been checking myself and getting a much better balance 
the last couple of years. But it is hard because it's just all encompassing when you're working. It's um, you have to kind of check yourself that you're not dropping the ball elsewhere. Yeah, I think that, that um, the one of the good points of the job and the reason why so many people keep doing it um, is that the contracts are short and yeah. that you can throw, throw yourself completely into a job and know that in eight weeks time you'll be unemployed again and be able to <laughs> do other life things. <laughs> I don't think it's sustainable it's definitely not sustainable as a full-time job as a long-term no, no. you need a you need a break after a stint yeah. I think to yeah. just regroup really because just to you know yeah, to sort of do the life admin things and exactly die in and stuff like that, normal things. <laughs> Sleep. It does make a massive difference about who you're uh, who you're surrounded with. I think yes. it's if you have a great team of people around you, then I think it makes it cause it is a, it is a bit of a slog sometimes, and the job can be grueling. But I think it makes make massive difference. Yeah. yeah, definitely make or break the production because I think if you all get on, and obviously naturally there's going to be some moments of confrontation, but if you all get on and um, are all working towards the same aim, I think it makes a massive difference. And I think mm. all sort you of last so much time in each other's pockets as a department. You just it needs to be a good, healthy balance. Otherwise, it's just the job is stressful enough as it is. You just need to be able to have a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Have a bit of release for the people you're working with really helps. Yeah, that's true. I remember for us, I think it was like, Jenny, you were handing out sweets on set. And um, <laughs> that's I mean, that is my middle. I think that's I think I've now been renowned to be known as that on one job I did. I did a TV show a couple of years ago. I was known as Tuck Shop Jenny. <laughs> we were doing really long hours and it was really quite a hardcore thing. And uh, and I literally ended up bringing in like a tuck shop, of a bag full of sweets to get people through it. And then the director, she would go to M&S or wherever and get sweets and add to it as well because it was getting to a point where I was like I can't actually afford this anymore <laughs> but yeah it was I, I was I was everybody's tuck shop but it but it kind of just keeps everyone going it makes uh, people smile yeah no, and, and you need sugar on those long days unfortunately <laughs> yeah you do and I remember also I dancing as well on set that got us what I got oh, yeah. me <laughs> Poonam, yes, I shall, and I always makes me smile whenever I hear someone say those certain words, and it's just like always makes me think of you. Oh, I'm glad I've had a lasting impact in that. In the dark <laughs> way. <laughs> um, it always makes me smile. So another aspect I think um, some of you have touched upon it is continuity, and again, I, I think it's another thing which. Um, when we're watching something we don't really think about, we take it for granted because you expect something that a character's wearing to be the same throughout or whatever reason, if um, if they need a costume change. It's not something we are cognizant of when we're watching something. It's just something that should naturally happen. Um, but actually, there's a lot of work that goes into making that happen. And something that was new to me when I um, came on that job, particular job, was um, a costume Bible. And I had never seen one before I'd heard about it obviously from uni and stuff but I had never been on the side of a production where I needed to reference one or contribute towards it um and it is like literally it is a bible um for each character um how does that come about I was only obviously contributing to it for my characters I was looking after but how does that how do you even start with something like that I don't know if Bobby or Beth, I don't know which of the two of you, because I guess you would have probably started something, maybe. Um, you mean how, how does it get created? Yeah. Mm. How does it get created? yeah. Um, 
Well, essentially do like a, you know, way in prep because everybody needs to be working off of the breakdown before you even start fitting and getting everything together. You can budget from the initial breakdown and that develops into the Bible, which is essentially a visual storyline for each character. So it's each character has a category and then they will have either per change, costume change or per story day. They'll have a breakdown of uh, their scenes and their action and if they're doubles or anything. And as you guys establish on set, you will then add in continuity notes of what's needed, what's needed to be carried through to the net following scenes and photographs of what's been shot on and how it's been shot on. And so it should be that it works. If anybody needs to step into your shoes, they can pick it up and know exactly what they need to match to um, I mean, designers will use it to flip back and through just to make decisions going forward of what they've seen before and how it's played out. And it it is like a kind of vital. I mean, it's quite scary. It just becomes one. I mean, it's going online now, but it used to be just one hard copy copy. <laughs> just glass starting to digitally now as well, which is slightly above and beyond me. But it is. Um, it's yeah, it's essentially a, a Bible of all the characters own visual changes and journeys it's um it's a pretty um big feat actually by the end of it because you look I remember when I was looking back at it I was like every single kind of change of whether it's like a vest or socks or shoes or whatever has been tracked noted, 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 yeah. noted down well, it's also essential if you do have to come back months after you finish filming and do pickups or reshoots that you can, you know, you can see every single item of clothing on the establishing page of each outfit has where it's from and, you know, or who made it. And you can, you should be able, in theory, be able to track everything back through that cycle. Yeah. It doesn't always happen, but it's, uh, it's yeah. there to help ease the process. That's all the answers, yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, have been your highlights? of working in the film world or what do you most enjoy about being in the film tv theater jenny i know you, uh, you also used to work in theater as well what, how, what are the highlights and what kind of um, keep you guys going in the working world oh, it depends in theater i mean there's a, a whole load of stuff that goes on backstage that obviously keeps everyone going um and depending on what show you're going on other times when you have to do quick changes on stage behind a screen you know behind something that's all the magic of theatre those are that you know they're the good things that sort of keep everyone going and as much as you don't want things to go wrong it's quite good fun for the <coughs> adrenaline it kind of gets everybody going and then it kind of you know break because it is kind of the same obviously every single day you're doing the same thing six days a week um so when things go wrong it does kind of spice it up a little bit but um but yeah, that's that's kind of theatre side, I suppose. Film side, it's just every day is a different day, isn't it? Every every scene's a different scene, so yeah, it's, it's you new. never know what's coming. I, I do yeah. love that it is just. I, I mean, I think especially with costume, it is just one massive kind of collaboration. And yeah. in fact, we get to work so much with you know production designers and the props team and directors and makeup, and it's just. I, I mean, I do feel like a big kid sometimes when you just get to go mad with the design process and <laughs> getting to work with all those different people and creating such a different visuals all the time is a lot of fun. Especially when you, you know, everyone does put in so much work seeing it 
pulled together is um it's it is slightly addictive when it goes right <laughs> yeah no that's very true is that you do get an adrenaline rush out of it because you think oh wow i've contributed to that that's something that you know somewhere along the line i've there's a bit of me in that somewhere. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like whether, whether you're hiding hiding in a bush or behind. um beth any highlights um I guess just what Bobby said like it being a collaboration and And working with us clearly (laughs) um because like some of the designers that you work with are like the the bet like the top like the top of their game and it's I people always ask me if I would ever design and I say no way because I'll never be able to do anything like what they're doing so it's just really nice being around people that are at the top of their game and creating beautiful things yeah I think there's a massive rush that comes from that like I think walking, it's, walking sorry, onto a set walking onto like a new set and seeing it yeah, yeah. Uh, is amazing the kid in the sweet shop kind of thing because you I, I feel really overwhelmed by it sometimes when you go yeah. and you're like someone built this this has been built by this is not Incredible. and it's an exact re- replica of something or even if it's not like it's a it's something that's been created you're like this is amazing this is amazing especially when, especially when you see what it was prior yeah especially if you're in someone's house or somewhere like that and then they show you the room that it used to be and you're like wow what have you you know is, some of the stuff what they create is amazing it is pretty amazing i think also another i um highlight is the like again Bobby you said the collaborative aspect of it yeah. and just meeting the different creative people and the kind of things you don't yourself um skills for example that I wouldn't have and I see them in someone else like hair and makeup or props or yeah. um and then seeing them come alive seeing like a drawing or something and then you see that come alive into 3D and then on set I think it's yeah. uh yeah. you get a big rush out of it and it just brings a different dimension to what you're doing you know it's they might every different department will be looking at the same thing you're looking at but thinking about different concerns and different things and it's kind of exciting when you just get to kind of yeah work together in a way that you might not have done without their input and um yeah it's that is a big payoff big payoff and ultimately we're working towards the same thing which is making a tv show film or theatre production which is um nice um lovely lovely um so to coming to the end and I did ask you guys for some recommendations, your fave things to watch. So I'm going to pick Jenny first. Go on. What's your recommendation? Okay. Well, if it's Christmas time, my Christmas all-time favourite film is Elf. Oh, yes. I've not seen that, but yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, my my all-time probably film favourite that I probably always go back to is Shawshank Redemption. Ah. Oh. Yeah. That is a good film. It's an oldie but goodie. Are you someone that can um, sort of knows all the lines and exactly what happens? And where no. Happens? Well, I know what happens, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My, what's your favourite scene from that, actually? Which one? The Short Tank Redemption? Short Tank Redemption, yeah, because I've not seen Elf. I know. How have you not seen Elf? Yeah, I can't I believe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's your, uh, your, it's your lockdown thing. You've got to watch Elf, <laughs> even though it's not I've, Christmas. I've written but... it down. I've written it down. Um, my favourite one for Shawshank is probably um, the very end when he's on the beach and uh, he's working on his boat. It's it's good all round. If you've not watched it, you've got to watch it. Yeah, that's true. It's a good. I don't it's... want to say too much because it will spoil it. Yeah, I was about to say my favourite scene, and then I realised I'm probably giving up. Giving yes, exactly. There's, a, there's so many good ones in there. <laughs> so, um, Bobby. 
Um, oh, uh, th- yeah, there are too many. Um, <laughs> it's just coincidence that what all that I'm going to say involves drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> so my first recommendation is an amazing film called Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is essentially a road trip film of three drag queens from different stages of life, different experience, different backgrounds. And it is just the most incredibly human, uplifting story. Um, and they... There were two designers on that film for costume, and they won the Academy Award. And but the background of that film was that they did it on a shoestring budget, and it was one of the designers, Lizzie Gardner. Her mum worked in something like the Australian version of a quickie mart, and they used her discount to essentially buy loads of things to stick together and staple together and sew together to make wow. these incredible. I mean, you've got to watch it; it's so over the top, but it's um. These amazing, like iconic costume moments, which all none, they couldn't do any um, exhibitions because it had all fallen apart after filming. <laughs> but you know, due to this tiny budget, they won the Oscar, which I think is just such a brilliant story. Um, and my second recommendation would be um, oh, also just I mean I just love Priscilla. But also about Priscilla is they turn it into stage show, and off the film was probably one of the lowest budgets for costume. Priscilla on stage only lasted, I think, a few months because it was one of the most expensive. Expensive, yes. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Um, and then my, my second film, my, my favourite film of all time is Some Like It Hot, which is a very iconic uh, film set in the 20s of two musicians, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, who go on the run from some gangsters and they have to dress up as women to join an all-women band <laughs> and they come across Marilyn Monroe and it's brilliant best comedies you could ever see um, I've, had, I've seen some like hot but I haven't seen um, Priscilla Queen in the Desert so I'm adding that to my list loads of these recommendations I'm really bad clearly I'm very uneducated at this can, I do, can I do one more I, yeah, go. Okay. I saw it the other night and I'd never seen it before. and it is by chance it's another drag queen that's okay it's called flawless and it's robert de niro and um philip seymour hoffman and it's this amazing story i mean you have to watch it but it's essentially quite a homophobic character robert de niro who has a stroke and has to go to voice training to recover and so his neighbor philip seymour hoffman who is a drag queen um basically teaches him through singing to get his voice and it's just such a lovely amazing and all these films especially Priscilla and Flawless when they came out were massive for like the um, gay community in, t- in terms of how it was perceived in uh, society at that time they really helped break through a lot of things which is lovely yeah. and that's me that's done. thank you they're all really good recommendations um Beth so I only sent you one but I've got two that's, that's fine go for it so one my favorite costume film and it's also a very very good film is Marie Antoinette. Love. Coppola one. Fia Coppola. I can never, I'm not going to say it correctly, so I'm just, yeah. <laughs> um, because it's amazing. It's like period, but not period. And um, it's just a very good film. It is very beautiful. It's very beautiful. Um, it's very not, not, not ordinary. Um, and then... One of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly love saying to film people because 
they're also shock Pearl Harbor. So when you said this to me, I was a bit like, oh. <laughs> then I was like, I've not seen it. So actually, I don't know why I'm owing. But go on, tell us what's your fave. It's just so good. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got like romance and it's got action and it's got drama. It's just, it's just, it's got a bit of history. Not, not full history, but yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just great i'm gonna watch that these are all being added to my list of things to watch because i a lot of them are classics and i've not seen them and it's got a really good song at the end oh would, like you, like to, would you like to sing it to us now beth no. Yeah. <laughs> no. but if i'm ever emotional it's a good go-to song Aww. um Thank you all for those recommendations and thank you for being guests on the podcast. I have very much enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode with Bobby, Jenny and Beth. Next episode, I'll be speaking to costume maker Jana Bannon about her role in the industry.